just based off of how you guys responded to that bumper, I'm going to assume we've all seen the show, the show Friends. Let me get a cheer if you have seen the show Friends at least once in your life. Okay. Love it. Let me get a cheer if you have never seen the show Friends once in your life. Now, hang on. I want you to notice there's a different level of passion. See, the people that have seen Friends, they're passionate about it, right? They love it. The people that have it, there's a missing joy in their lives because they haven't gotten the chance to see it. So, it is a great show that is going to really set up where we're going for the next few weeks because we're beginning this series called Friends where over the next four to five weeks, we're looking at different stories of friendship in Scripture. And what I love is there's a ton of examples of this that we just kind of gloss over because we're looking at a different portion of the story. But man, there is some incredible relationships that we see throughout the Bible that I really believe apply to our lives. Because here's the reality. We need friends. We need people that are in our corner. We need people who believe in us. We need people to encourage us. We need people to be there for us when life is at its worst. And God has placed certain people in our lives to be able to do that for us, to be able to stand in the gap and to be a friend in a dark time. We all need friendship in our lives. But here's what I want to say as we begin this series, okay? Because we're going to look at some different relationships throughout the Bible, but we're going to have the same lens each week. And it's this. You might hear some of these things. You might hear some of these attributes and go, yes, Casey, I need a friend like that. I need friends who are for me, not against me. I need friends that stand with me in tough times. I need that. I need those kind of people. I need the good influences. Here's the deal. If we want to find those kinds of people, we have to become those kinds of people. And so the first thing that we're going to have to do to begin this series is have a heart check. Because if we're looking for people like this, which we should, then we have to decide that we're going to become somebody that is going to be an encourager. Somebody that stands with someone through a difficult time. Somebody who's always there no matter what. All of these different intangibles that we're going to look at based on the story each week we're going to look at it from the lens of, yes, this is the friend that we want to find. There's no doubt about it. And it applies to every relationship in our lives. Friendships, boyfriend, girlfriend. We want to find people that are like this. We want to find godly people that can surround us in our lives. But we have to become those kinds of people to find them. Otherwise, you're looking at a mirror image of who you are. That's who you're going to surround yourself with, is the people that you look like. There's a study that shows the four people that you spend the most amount of time with, you look like. You do the same things. You have some of the same characteristics. You pick up some of the same mannerisms. It's a reality. And friends are an incredibly important thing in our lives. Friends will make us or break us. Friends will help encourage us to be the best that we can be or they can drag us to a place we never want to be in. And the decision's ours on who we're spending the time with. But I want you guys to make sure, and I'm going to say it every week because it's that important. 
If you want to find these kinds of people that we're going to talk about, you've got to become those kinds of people. It is the number one, it's going to stand across every story that we look at. That's going to be the quality that we got to take away. So this morning, we're kicking it off in the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus, we know for talking about a guy named Moses. Okay, Now Moses is an interesting character because he grows up in the house of Pharaoh, but realizes his people are being persecuted ends up uh, killing a guy, which is crazy, and then he goes away for years and years and years. Decades go by, and then Moses shows back up on the scene because the Lord comes to him through a burning bush that he is to set his people free. Now, when we think of Moses a lot of the time, we think of the end result of Moses, don't we? We think of the guy that did take the Israelites out of Egypt. He got them out of captivity. He got them out of slavery. He led them across the Red Sea, right? Puts his staff down. The Red Sea opens wide open. His people walk across on dry land. That's how we see Moses a lot of the time. This morning, we're going to see him in maybe a light that we haven't always noticed or paid attention to. I want you guys to check this out. Exodus 4 Verse 8 is where we're going to kick off. It's going to be on the screens as well. So the Lord is telling Moses what he needs to say when he goes to Pharaoh to ask for his people to be set free. He says this, If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs, or they will not believe or I'm sorry, or they will not listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile, pour it on dry ground, and the water you shall take from the Nile will become blood on dry ground, okay? So the Lord's going to do a lot of things to try to get the attention of Pharaoh to set the people free. But Moses says something that's going to set up the rest of our story in verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent either in past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Okay, so this is what Moses is telling the Lord right here. He's come to Moses and he's saying, Moses, you're going to be my guy that's going to set my people free. I'm going to use you. And Moses looks back and goes, God, that's great. I don't think you want me. I don't think I'm the guy you're looking for. I, I don't speak well, God. I'm slow of speech. I'm slow of tongue. What he's trying to tell the Lord is, I stutter. I don't talk well. How am I supposed to go to Pharaoh and say these things in a confident manner to set my people free? And I can't talk. Let's check out verse verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes a mute or deaf or seeing or blind, is it not I the Lord? Now therefore go, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. That's probably a feeling you've had before of God. Please pick somebody else to do this. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak 
for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. Verse 17 said, and take in your hand the staff which you shall do these signs. So the Lord is telling Moses, I've got you. I've created you. You can do this. And Moses doesn't feel that he's up to task. Doesn't feel that he's the right guy. But it's interesting that it says the Lord's anger against Moses was kindled. And then he brings up his brother Aaron who does speak well. So Aaron shows up at a really opportune time. Whether he knew it or not, Aaron's going to be an integral part of this story for the rest of Moses' life because he's going to help Moses in a way that he didn't think he was ever going to need help. So here's the idea that we're looking at this morning. When we feel we're not enough, this is how God uses friends in our lives. When we feel that we're not enough, this is how God will use friends in our lives. There's going to be a time in life. I don't care how popular you are, how great of an athlete you are, how smart you are, how talented you are. There's going to be a time in your life where you feel like you're not enough. It's the human in all of us. There's self-doubt. There's self-worth issues that creep up. And the enemy wants to use those to get us away from God's plan for our lives. The enemy wanted Moses to believe that he wasn't the guy that God needed because he couldn't do a few things. It's thousands of years later, but the enemy still tries to do things like that to us today. He tries to get in our minds and make us believe that we're not good enough, that we're not important enough, whatever it may be. But there's a lot of times God will place friends in our lives to remind us of these things that we're going to talk about. All right, so let's just go ahead, dive right in this morning, okay? When we feel we're not enough, God uses friends to, number one, encourage us about who we are. God uses friends to encourage us about who we are. There's no doubt by looking at this, Moses had a self-confidence issue. Moses did not think he was the guy. There's sometimes we'll meet people in Scripture that believe they're the guy. We could flip a couple chapters later, right, and we could get to David when he's showing up to go fight Goliath. David thought he was the guy. He had no self-confidence issues about that. Even though he was the youngest of the brothers, his dad didn't pick him out, that didn't waver his confidence at all. But Moses had some problems that he was dealing with. He didn't believe that he could do the job. God has come to him and said, this is how I'm going to use you, Moses. This is how you're going to be a part of a plan that's bigger than anything you could ever imagine. And this is his response. Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant." This is Moses telling the God of the universe, God, I am not good enough for what you want me to do. I'm not. I'm not the right guy for this. There's got to be somebody else you could pick that has their life together a little more, that speaks a little better than I do, 
that's doing life better than I am. God, I am not the one you want. And the Lord even gives him this like rah-rah speech in the next verse, right? He's like, man, Moses, I created you. I created your tongue. I created your mouth. It is like the greatest pump-up speech of all time. You would think that if you heard that from the God of the universe, it would be like, I can do anything, right? Like, this is me. This is my time. God has created me for this. Even after the greatest speech that he could have gotten, Moses goes, yeah, God, that's not me. That's not going to be for me. And the direction of the story begins to change right there. There's no denying, guys, that we need encouragement. And we need people to remind us of who we are. So the question is, well, Casey, if I want to be that kind of friend like we talked about, how do I know if somebody needs encouragement? Take a look around the room. You know somebody needs encouragement because they're breathing. We need it every single day of our lives. There's not a day that goes by that we don't need somebody to speak life into us. Because there's so much that begins to tear us down day by day. There's so many hard things that we have to deal with. We all need that pick-me-up, that little bit of encouragement to go, okay, I am more than this. This problem, this issue, it's not going to define me. I serve a God that's bigger and better. We need that reminder because when we're by ourselves, we can't remember it a lot of the time. It's hard to hold on to. That's why we need people in our lives to come alongside of us and go, no, no, no. This is what God says about you, and this is where we're going. Encouragement is a key to friendship. You're not going to find a good relationship in your lives where encouragement is not involved. When you find relationships that lack encouragement, you're going to find a lot of sad and broken people. Because they don't even know what to believe anymore. So God will place people in our lives to remind us of who we are. Then there's a question that we got to answer, right? How do we separate real friends? How can I tell who's going to be a real friend, somebody that I can stick with, or somebody that maybe is just using me, maybe somebody that isn't going to always be there for me? A real friend's going to remind you of who you are in Christ. And I'm just, a fake friend is what we're going to identify that as because that's not, they're not a friend. A fake friend is going to remind you of what the world tells you. That's going to be the differentiator in this whole thing. A godly friend, a friend that you want to have in your corner is going to remind you of what the God of the universe, our Father in heaven, says about you. And you know what he says? He loves you and you're worth it. He loves you and you're worth it. He's going to remind you that you're 
that friend's going to remind you that you're bigger than that circumstance. A fake friend's just going to tell you whatever the world wants you to believe. That you do need to do this to fit in. That if you don't go do this, that nobody's going to talk to you. If you begin to pick up on those things, I promise you, they're going to separate themselves from each other real quick. Here's our second thought on what a friend's going to do when we, feel, when we feel like we're not enough. They're going to help stand in the gap. So they're going to encourage us, which we need desperately, but they're also going to help stand in the gap. Exodus 4.14 said this, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he could speak well. When Moses decided he couldn't, God found someone that could. Now, there's a whole thing that we could get into here of talking about self-worth and talking about what God can do through us because here's the reality. It didn't matter how well that Moses spoke. God was going to use him to get his people out. So understand that. I think we could look at this story real easily and go, yeah, God decided that Moses wasn't enough. No, 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 no. That's not the case whatsoever. But he decides to bring Aaron into the picture to be there alongside of Moses. Now, Aaron's stepping into a really tough situation, isn't he? Like, we see the end result, and we see everything that happened, and man, they got to the promised land, and they couldn't get in, and they're in the wilderness. But we think of Moses and Aaron, and we think of heroes of our faith. But I want you to Think about in real time what these guys are dealing with. Moses is about to go talk to Pharaoh, who is the most important guy in all of the land. And he's going to go, hey, Pharaoh, buddy, pal, sir, you know those people that you have as slaves? Those people that are building everything for you, that you're abusing that are your servants, that you've got in captivity, you know those people? Yeah, I'm going to need you to let them go. I, I kind of need them back. We're, God wants them back. We're going to go home now. It's not a real easy conversation. That's not something that you do. Like, it doesn't make any sense Whatsoever, because Moses has no bargaining power at all. It's not like he's got something to trade with Pharaoh in return. He just needs his people back. This could cost Moses his life just by asking this question. And now, Aaron's getting drug into it. Aaron is now going to have to say these words to Pharaoh. That is a really tough situation to step into. Don't underestimate how big of a moment in time that this was. But what's Aaron do? He steps in. Guys, you will know when you've got a good and godly friend when they are with you at your toughest times in life. 
When you find somebody that's going to stick with you, even when life is at its darkest place and in its darkest time, you know you've got a great friend. There's a lot of people that want to be with you when life is great, right? You're on the mountaintop. Everything's awesome. You're popular. Everything at school's going well. Your life feels like it couldn't be better. I promise you, you're not going to have a hard time feeling, finding friends. But you're going to find out who's in your corner when you get to those valley moments in life. You're going to know who's with you. They're going to separate themselves really quick. I remember a couple years ago, it was 2017, I lost both my grandparents, uh, lost my grandfather in uh, February, my grandmother passed away in May. I mean, it was just really quick, back to back, uh, really sad. But I remember being at both their funerals and uh, standing in the lobby, you're waiting on it to start. And I remember seeing three of my really good friends pull up to the funeral home. They came in, hugged me, sat. They didn't, they'd never met my grandparents. They drove an hour and a half, two hours, round trip, just to be there for me. Just to say, you know what, man? We love you. We're behind you. And those are moments in life that you don't forget. And now I'm at a place where I know when I'm in those dark moments, when I've got a dark time, when I feel like I'm in a valley, I know I can pick up the phone and call any one of those guys, and they would be there for me. Life is going to separate itself on who's going to be in your corner, who's going to stand in the gap for you. I think the bigger question is, are you willing to stand in the gap for somebody else? Guys, it's not hard to be a good friend when life is good. It's pretty easy, actually. But being a good friend when life is at its lowest for somebody, that takes a different level of commitment and character and love. So we need people to stand in the gap for us. But team, there's sometimes you got to stand in the gap for somebody else as well. Here's our final thought on how God's going to use friends when we feel like we're not enough. Huge. He is going to use friends to remind us of who he is at the end of the day. Exodus 4.15 said this, You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And then God said this, And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. See, God was now going to use Moses and Aaron to accomplish his purpose. We know this, but it's worth reminding ourselves of anyways. At the end of the day, none of us are anything without the Lord. We're not. I don't care how great you are or how great your group of friends is. If we are trying to operate outside of Christ, it's all for naught. It's always going to fall short if Jesus isn't involved. But here's the great thing about godly friendships. They serve as a reminder of who God is 
and what he can do through people living for something that's bigger than themselves. That's the beautiful picture of a godly friendship. It's going to remind you of, number one, who God is, that he's placed other people in your lives. He's placed people there that are going to encourage you, that are going to be with you during tough times. But also, it serves as a reminder for what he can do through people that are living for something bigger than themselves. Because what Moses and Aaron were about to do was so much bigger than two men could accomplish. But it wasn't bigger than what God could accomplish. And he was going to use them, and their hearts were right, and their hearts were in the right place. And he was going to use them to change the trajectory of a nation. I firmly believe that God can use you and your friends to change our community and change your school. I really do. I 100% believe that this same thing applies in your life today. That if you really want to see your school change, and it's not something you just want to talk about, but you like actually have a heart for seeing people's lives change, I believe God can do it through you. If you're living for something that's bigger than you, man, that friendship is going to serve as a beautiful reminder of what God can do when our hearts are in the right place. Man, I hope you guys have friends like this. I hope you've got a core group that you know has got your back at all times. That's always going to be there for you. If you don't, you're sitting there going, man, Casey, I need that. I'm at a place in my life. I need somebody. It's never too late to start doing what's right. And it's going to require a heart change for you to change what you're looking for and change how you're living. We don't have it tonight. I'm going to tell you, small groups would be a great place to start looking for these kinds of people. Because all of these qualities that we just talked about, encouragement, standing in the gap, reminding us of who God is, that's what we do at small groups. And there's bonds that form, there's relationships that begin to come together because people realize they're not in life alone. They realize there's somebody else that's got their back that's going to be there for them. And I'm telling you, it's beautiful to see what God can do through a bunch of willing people. I pray you've got people like this in your life. If you need somewhere to start, let me be number one. We all need these kinds of friends, but I pray that we're also showing that to the rest of the world. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the gift of friendship. Thank you, God, that we don't have to go through life by ourselves. Number one, you never leave our side. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And so even in moments where we feel isolated and we feel alone, God, that's not true. Because you're right there with us. You are the ultimate friend. You're with us when life is great. You're with us when life feels like it couldn't be worse. But God, I pray for each student in this room, God, would you just place people in their lives that could 
serve as the errand for them. God, if they feel like they're not enough, I pray they're reminded that they are through encouragement of people around them. Friends that are with them no matter what and friends that point them back to you. God, thank you for that gift. Thank you for that hope. And I pray that we are the best example of that here at church and in our community. God, change our hearts, change our lives. We love you, we thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen.